Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field report. Starting to see the full effect of uh, last week's monsoon. Definitely we have some dead beans and corn, but I have to say it's not as bad as I thought it would be. Uh, looking at from the ground and from the air, I expected bigger holes than what we are seeing. Replanting has started in some of these holes. Believe it or not, they're dry enough to get back into. Most guys are going back in with soybeans uh, to stop the weed flushes. Again, our recommendation here, we're mainly after holding the weeds, but narrow those rows up, drill them if you can, uh, get those populations 190 to 220,000 population. Remember, these beans are going to be short, so if we're going to keep the weeds down, we need them thick. Um, you know, and if we can't do it with beans, we can go in there and do it with the herbicides. Some guys are putting the soybeans into the cornfield. If the herbicides are allowing them to do that, not a bad idea either. Uh, again, yeah, it's a pain in the butt to come back and cut a patch of beans later, but it's a way bigger pain in the butt to deal with a patch of water hemp that gets away from us. Um, those patches that we don't replant, again, we got to stay on top of them with some type of control, keep those weeds under control. The beans that were experiencing water damage, they showed that light yellowing uh, pretty much throughout the week. Notice they're just starting to come out of that now. You can still see it, but it's it's they're starting their comeback. We were out in those beans, and yes, they did abort flowers and some pods. Uh, I Unfortunately, I do expect that to show up on the monitor this fall, that you're going to give up some of that premium in those uh, areas that turn yellow. I think there's still a good crop there. We just knocked some of that early flowering and pods off. The high pH zone started to show up here at the end of the week and that's a, not quite that tinge of yellow we see from water damage. It goes from yellow to almost white at some times uh, due to the high pH and again when we have wet snaps like this you'll know where all your high pH areas are and those two are dropping pods out there that we've been in. Now these are zones if you're going to do some experimenting with the foliar feed mixes and stuff like that uh, to try to help get some iron back in the plant, that would be a good place to uh, mess around with those types of products if you're looking to do some experiments. The good news though is these stalled beans have finally taken off. As I watch some of the fields that have been just locked up forever, finally we're coming out of that and they're starting to, um, starting to pop as far as getting some better color and better growth to them. So that's been long awaited. Here at the uh, campus, our May 24th planting, our 2-2 beans did start to flower last week, or actually this week. Our 3-4s and 4-6s are not yet flowering. Uh, most of our corn plots here are pollinating, depending on the treatments and stuff that we did out here. Our first round of post-monsoon nitrates have come in from Livingston County. Uh, I would say good news and bad news. Good news is more N is out there than I thought there would be. The bad news is a lot of it is in the second foot. When we compare low ground to high ground, the low ground nitrates in the second foot are higher than those in the first foot. This N has moved down and some of the surface N is denitrified off. But still it's within reach of the corn roots because of how deep they got in the dry June. So. Um, good news is it's it's still within reach. If this corn was six inches tall, we would have trouble. But where we are today in this corn crop, that's all still very accessible in. I recommend checking those lower areas in the field where the water ponded. 
Again, those are the areas that had both leaching and denitrification going on. The ones that we looked at this week, the stand survival is a lot better than I expected. Yeah, we, we, we gave up some leaves on the bottom end of that plant and slowed things down, but it looks like we got a, in most cases, a, gonna have a phenomenal stand to go ahead and finish. So let's not let them run out of gas as they're trying to finish. So again, we wanna be back in there checking it. Look at your soil test maps and those areas that we labeled with end loss, make sure you're pulling a sample out of those end loss areas. You can use your LiDAR maps also to pick up that drop in topography. Look at your aerial images that you guys have been getting on a, a weekly, bi-weekly basis or your drone imagery and you see anywhere where you saw that corn slow up and show a little bit of yellowing, that's a candidate to go in and pull a nitrate test just to make sure that we're not going to caught with any surprises. Anything that had a little bit of slope to it actually has fared pretty good in this first round of nitrates anyway. We'll have another round coming in um, next week and the week after and we'll see how they fare. But again, the nitrates have moved on us. On farm visits this week, uh, we're seeing a lot of fields that are starting to tassel. Of course, along with the tassel, we're seeing the Japanese beetle and the rootworm beetle, in this case, the western and the northern. One field this week in McLean County, the main rootworm beetle was the northern beetle. And it's that green beetle with no stripes. Comparing it to your western, it has the stripes on its back. The northern has been increasing the last few years, and my suspicion is it's a migration out of Iowa. We're seeing it in that the counties that border um, uh, southeast Iowa uh, to show them higher in the sticky traps, and now we're starting to see them down here in McLean County. Again, with the northern, you've got the extended diapause as well as uh, some of the trait um, resistance that they're running through in Iowa. So we have to keep an eye on this one. With beetle flying and silks about to start, scouts are going to need to be on these fields on a regular basis, um, and let's make sure they get pollinated. Some of that Mother's Day uh, week planted weekend planted corn, uh, we're seeing that, you know, it's going to be pollinating over a two-week period due to uneven growth. Stay with these fields. That three to 5,000 coming next week or the week after uh, still has a possibility of putting on some grain if we get it pollinated. So these uneven fields, as they start to tassel, that'll give you an indication of how many times you're going to have to scout that field. If you're up there at the drone and she pollinated or tasseled one end to the other in a matter of a couple days, she'll pollinate in a couple days. But if you're seeing tassels continue to emerge over a long period of time, that field's going to require more visits to make sure those late emergers do get pollinated. We can, with the beetles flying now, we can start to do the root washes to look for damage uh, and evaluate or rate your rootworm situation. So you're looking for um, how well your traits did and the indication that you might be starting to see resistance build while we're seeing more aggressive damage. Now you guys that are running the non-GMOs on rotated ground without insecticide, every spring I get the call or every fall, can I get a buy with that again next year? Well, now's your time to evaluate. So go out into your uh, non-GMO, non-insecticide fields and start digging some plants and evaluate how much rootworm feeding that you have on those plants. So wash them off, take a good look at them, take a picture of them if you're not sure or bring them by the office here and we can help you look at how much damage potentially is out there. But we don't want rootworm to sneak up on us uh, and get caught with down corn.
Now in the farm visits this week, we did see some Faisalderm brown sprout in the corn. Of course, that's where water stood in the whirl. So that one is fired up on us, as well as common rust. Did see a little bit of GLS, but most of that was showing up in the corn on cornfields. With next week's forecast on being wet, I expect disease pressure to kick up hard in this corn. With the moderate temperatures at night, nighttime temperatures, I expect to see some white mold show its head, especially for our northern customers. Now we've got beans from V7 to R3, depending on when you planted them and, and what your maturity ranges are. So a lot of fungicide will start going on the beans as this weather allows. The crew here today is foliar feeding and wide dropping soybeans as we continue to get ready for our field day and for the corn soybean college. Don't forget, we again are giving away a scholarship for the attendance fee of the Farm Journal Corn Soybean College. So if you know a high school senior or a college student interested in ag, have them come to our website at croptechinc.com, click on the Corn Soybean College tab, and then onto the scholarship tab and uh, put an application in for it. To the CropTech customers, if you haven't registered for our field day, please let the office know so we know how to prepare. Those of you planning on coming to the Farm Journal Corn Soybean College, don't forget to get registered. August will be here before you know it. To stay up to date, check out our website at croptechinc.com and subscribe to our podcast, Boots in the Field Report. Keep her safe, keep her moving.